Um, <laughs> I'm in big trouble. Eh? And I, I mean, I, I thought I, I didn't even want to tell my wife this, but I, I, I just felt the Lord said, I'll be, I, I need to be vulnerable with you guys here this morning that um, I was scared last night when I went to bed. And I, I even thought about who can I speak to because I don't want to scare anyone else. And, um, um, but he's, if we don't go, who will go? Romans 10, I didn't give you that notes, but Romans 10 I know it by heart. This is something the Lord has done in my life, okay? It says, uh, let me read it for you. Um, but we know that portion says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. But before that, uh, Romans 10, from verse 9, I'm going to read from here. It says, but because if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For the, word, for the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth, mouth one confesses and is saved. For Scripture says, everyone who believes in Him will not be put to shame. And then it goes to verse 13, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how then can they call on Him if they've never heard about Him? And how are they to believe, um, if they, how, how are they to call on Him if they haven't believed? And how are they to believe if they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Have you thought about that? Um, and and that's, not only, that's not only in Russia, it's not only the States, it's everywhere. It's at your workplace, like Ron said, but there's like this, this mission that the Lord's putting in our hearts. It's how can people believe if they don't hear? And, and sometimes I think we think someone else will do it. Yeah. And, and it just feels like that season is shifting for us that the Lord has actually said, I've called each one of you to do what you need to do. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? And uh, that's a beautiful portion, you know, like, I think often, and I, oh, I'm going to blow my notes completely now, but, you know, often we, we see these guys that going, often out of hurt of church or just because the church wasn't doing it, and they go as individuals, and, and once a year sent maybe a letter back, and there's some guys giving feedback, but actually the Lord's picture, you know, is that people are sent. Sent to go preach the good news. And uh, not all of us can go on a plane next month and, and go to Russia, but it's like there's a sending from this. Ivan and them are flying on Thursday to the States, you know. And I agree with, with, with Grant that I think California is probably more dangerous than Russia. And we think, why, you know? But it's because flesh is just so alive. And, uh, and the world is just so alive. And I think maybe sometimes me, being in Malkbus is more dangerous than Russia. Because we, we're just so comfortable, you know, and we forget that there's a world out there that, that needs the lost or, or that, needs the, that needs the Word of God, okay? And so sending, uh, and so I wanted to see what's happening here, you know, this morning. It's not just because we didn't have bucks, but it's like we invested in this together, sent to go preach the good news. And then it says, as, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And I love the word that Maritza, Maritza brought, that God is preparing our feet yeah, this morning. It's not, not just individuals. It's our feet that he's preparing. Um, and it says, because faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word. Um, someone needs to preach, guys. But then it says this, and, and I, I think this is how the Lord broke me a few times already. Uh, from verse um, 19, it says, um, no, not verse 19. Um, oh, verse, verse 18, he says, But I ask you, have they not heard? Indeed, uh, it's not that. For the words have gone out to the audience. Um, and then verse 20, Isaiah says, I've been found by those who did not seek me, and I've shown myself to those who didn't ask for me. It's not only, 
it's not only for the ones who, who's like, oh yes, definitely God meets the hungry. But I think sometimes in times like these, you know, the Lord says, I want to be found by those, even by those not looking for me. By those thinking that they don't need me. So I want to show myself to them. Um, so I want to I share a story. Um, when I was grade 10, uh, who is grade 10? Around about there, what's that, 16? No. 16. <laughs> He's still wearing his school jersey. <laughs> um, 16 years old, I, I got saved when I was 15, and, um, but I was a scared Christian. Eh? I, um, you, you might look at me now and think, oh, wow, I was like bold and brave, but I was uh, uh, not that, okay? And um, I... Uh, um, I was scared when I was at school. I was a, a, a hold onto your seats. I was an introvert, okay, for some times. Um, the Lord has done a real work. I don't, I don't know if it, I don't know if I was an introvert, but I was emotionally insecure. A closet introvert, maybe. No. I was, I was, I was emotionally insecure, and I, I was, I was bullied at school quite a lot, and especially after I got saved. And um, and I remember after being saved, I found friends in other schools. And they were at the same church, and it was like a safe zone. But at school, I was scared. And I remember at school, I, for, for like a year, I didn't speak about the Lord because I was just so nervous for what's going to come my way. And, um, and we were in a class uh, at IT at school, and we were only seven guys in the class. And uh, six of them were um, confessed atheists. And, uh, and one of them found out that I got saved on a camp. And um, yes, they gave me all my days. Yeah. And, uh, and it was a constant struggle in that class. It was like a, I almost left the subject because just I was nailed, okay? And, um, and I remember in that class, I didn't dare share about anything that the Lord was doing in my life. I didn't dare tell them about going to church, nothing like that. I just hid, okay? And uh, the one day, um, we were all bikers at school, okay? We had bikes we went to school with. And uh, the one day after school, I got a call from one of these guys, and he said, Anas, you need to come. Uh, Brandon, one of the guys who was, I'd say, probably the front runner in terms of the religious side of it, of atheists, or the non-religious side of it, uh, he was in an accident, he's in the hospital. And uh, my mom wasn't at home, and my bike was without petrol. And, um, and so I knew where the hospital was, and I ran. It was probably four k's from my house, and I ran to the hospital. And when I, when I got to the hospital, I couldn't go in, and while I was there, he died. And, um, and I knew him, man. I was like, uh, might remember him, uh, Brendan, what is the fun geweest? Eh? Yes, not Hayward, another guy. Um, I was friendly with Johan van der Merwele. Anyway, he was with me in school. And, uh, and, uh, and, he, and he died. And I, I remember it hit me that I, I walked home, and I, I'll never forget, it was this busy, busy road, walked home from the hospital, and there was traffic going in and out. But I, as I walked, I knew that he wasn't with the Lord. I knew that I was still with him in class the day. I knew how others still chirped me. I knew that he didn't believe God, and I did nothing about it. And it crushed me. And I, I remember sitting next to this busy road as a 16-year-old boy, and I, I just said to the Lord, I never, ever want to know again that there's someone that doesn't know you, and I did nothing about it. I tried to save my life. And, uh, and as a 16-year-old boy next to that busy road, I said to the Lord, for the rest of my life, this is what I'll do. I'll give you my life so that I can tell people about what you did for me. And, and that's, where, that's where it began for me, that I was broken knowing that there was a, a lost world out there, and I was comfortable, man. 
And I, I said to the Lord, God, I'll give you my life. I'll, I'll tell people about you. And I, I became wilder, okay? Like, and I, no, I mean, I, I had my seasons or whatever, but I, I became sold out for the Lord. And, but because I didn't have a good image of church, I, um, I've heard stories. So the church that we were in wasn't healthy at that stage. And, and we, you always heard about these missionaries that was like in Japan or whatever. And, and you had a photo of this guy as you entered church that, well done to this guy. Good for him. We're going to church. And, and once a year, maybe he would send a letter and they would read it to the church, how it's going, the suffering, you know, the little money, please help us. And we'd think, shame. Poor guy that God chose him. And uh, uh, poor guy that the Lord would choose him. And we go to church and we go home and we go on with our lives. And, um, and actually, I think the church was sick because there was no, no concept of sending and, and partnering. And, and, and it was just independent individual churches. And uh, someone heard that the good news has to be preached. And the unlucky guy that was uh, full of passion got sent on his own. And... Um, and but because it was my concept, I thought, okay, and, and my parents got hurt in church badly when I was younger through bad circumstances and struggling with the pastor that I also thought, look, I don't want to get involved in this politics, okay? I'll go and be a missionary. That's what I'll do, you know? I'll just go in and out, in and out, and I'll just preach here, preach there, preach this. And I went, you know, even at school, I went to Lesotho on outreaches in Mozambique and, and did all these trips and and uh, then in, in grade 12, I did a trip to England where we preached to uh, the Muslims. So what happened is, in summer, the, the Muslims come from Iraq and Iran and wherever on holiday, the rich ones, comes to England for holiday because it's uh, cooler. And, uh, and then when they're there, we can preach the gospel to them because back then, I don't know about now, but it wasn't um, illegal to preach the gospel on the streets of London. So there's a specific street in London where it's like all the Arabs gather and whatever, and we stood on the street corners there and we preached the gospel. 12, uh, grade 12 boy, 18 years old, 17 years old. And uh, I remember it was the first time that I got spat in the face for preaching the gospel to an offended Muslim. And uh, I was like, I'm doing this for the Lord, man. Suffering for God. Like, and, uh, and, you know, I came back from that. And, I mean, we've seen, we've seen God move. There was healings. There was stuff that happened. And God touched people. But today I can't recall one bit of fruit that I can remember that, that was lasting because uh, I wasn't sent, I went, and and there was a there was a there was an idea that was right, you know, the the concept of someone has to preach the good news, I'll do it and I'll go, but something of the wonder of church was just just non-existent, and actually, um, I don't know if I preached against church, I don't, uh, please, I hope not, I don't think so, but um, I just wasn't encouraging church at all, because I didn't understand the the beauty of church. And um, I remember, so I'm completely off my notes here, just go with me, okay? But I remember coming to Team T and then joining with Josh Chen. And one day, Wilmer Rep just had one of these lines, you know, the Willisms in one of his preachers. And he said, you know, God saves us in the, as individuals, but he's coming back for a bride. And you need to be part of the bride. And, and, I, and back then, I mean, I was already in Josh Chen and whatever, but I remember this thing is like, it's coming for the church. And, and I, I felt the Lord question me. And honestly, I don't want to rough this thing out theology-wise this anymore because I don't know where we all land. But I was wondering, like, what if someone even got saved and never got plugged into a church, a healthy church? How does it work? Okay. And um, 
Because we, we sometimes get hung up on the, first, on, on the verse where Jesus said, I'm going to send you. And just end of John, Matthew, Luke, all those things. He said, go into all the world, preach the good news. Okay? But the rest of the New Testament is all about the church. It's about the way, the how we need to do it. It's not just, okay, all of you get out there, do it, leave your jobs and just go. It's not, it's not that. He said, and this is how it works. He says, I'll, be, I'll bring power. And then he says, I'm going to, and, and, and just in Acts chapter 2, and the church of Christ was born. And he says, it's through the church that the manifold wisdom of the Lord will be made known. It's when they are sent through the church that the, that the wisdom of God will be made known. And I, it feels like there's a, and, and we, and again, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, you know, we hear this morning, okay? But it's like God needs to open that in our hearts that we can believe that it is not just independent individuals, the unlucky ones that God would pick to send to Russia, okay? Good for you. Um, like I, I did ask Andrew a week, how did Ivan get the right to go to California and me to, to Russia? And I go, and then, I'm joking, okay, but I'm very content with where the Lord's sending me, but uh, we, uh, it's like, we, we, we could think like, unlucky for you, and there you go, and, and this is only on a two-week trip, okay, we're coming back, but there's some guys that God, sometimes the Lord sends us permanently, and we think, unlucky for you, we'll continue on here living our lives, and, uh, and actually the Lord needs to open to us the wonder of church, and what I want to speak about to you this morning is that I, I've been in healthy church, or in sick churches, I think I've been in terminally ill churches, which is very little life, and I've been in a healthy church. And, and, and hear me when we say this, uh, someone brought a word like this this morning, I can't remember what it was, but it's not arrogant for us to say that I think there's a big portion of what the Lord is doing with us. As Sonia brought it when she spoke about like, to, to not forget the wonder what the Lord is doing here. It's not arrogant, it's like we can treasure what the, what the Lord is doing with us, and it's not a reflection on me or, or anyone here, but it's like that... There are some things that we are getting right with God né, as a healthy church. With me? And, um, and one of the ways, um, so, yes, I'm jumping around here a lot. Whoa, look at the time. I'll, I'll cut it down, okay? But um, in, in Justin and in 412, you would have heard the word apostolic often, okay? And uh, it's interesting in church history, the gift of the apostolic for years was actually lost to the church. Many churches still today believe that apostolic doesn't exist. It was the 12 apostles that walked with Jesus, and after that, that was it, you know. But um, actually, if we get in the Word, we see that God still gives gifts to His church. Some pastors, some apostles, some teachers, some evangelists, some prophets, and it's for the building up of the body to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. It's this very thing, you know, what we're speaking about. And I think we, we often see prophecy still, okay? We see pastors here, okay? We've got pastors, we've got elders with us. We see teachers. I'm not a teacher, but um, Mike Davies is a great teacher of the Word, you know? We've got evangelists with us, few, but we need them, okay? And, um, and, and apostles the Lord still gives to His church, and it's a crucial, 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 crucial gift to this house. And um, actually, I, I would say all the churches that I've been part in that were sick, has never related to an apostolic gift and haven't been strengthened and built well. And um, so let me get to my notes here. Um, and the Lord is asking us to be good builders of the church, you know. We, when we go to Russia, like I think the main question that I'm asking for all the, from all the guys is what are we going to do? And, uh, and we're going to have a time where we pray and we ask and we, we're going to hear what the Lord wants us to do. But we're going there to strengthen and build the church. That's what we're doing, you know. Sure, we're trusting for people to get saved, but we're trusting to equip the saints there to do the work of ministry. 
We trust Him to build the church and strengthen her that they can do what the Lord wants them to do. And, um, and, and Paul writes and he says, you know, uh, let me read this, 1 Corinthians um, from verse 3. Um, I'm going to read it with you. It says, for we are God's fellow workers. And I want you to know here this morning that God is speaking to all of us here, that we are God's fellow workers. Not just some of us, okay? You are God's field, God's building. And you would, um, you would hear Andrew speak about this often. It's that the Lord entrusts to us a, a field that we, I have no authority in the Enfield Church. Or in the Baptist church. It's not my field that the Lord is entrusting to me. But there's a field, you know, there's, a, there's, there's churches in Russia that the Lord is entrusting to me. That's part of the field that I have, I, I can work with, okay? And we are part of that field. You are part of my field. Okay? So you are God's field, God's building. And by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder. Now I want to say this, that I am not an apostle, okay? And uh, but Andrew is a, is a man with fruit in his life, recognized by others as he, that he's an apostle with others in the, in, the, in the church, laying an expert foundation like an expert builder. And, and I think it's one of the reasons we, we can say that as a church we are doing well is if we can look over the, you know, Andrew always says, look over my shoulders to what has been built. There is a lot of healthy fruit. A lot, for us as a church, a lot of healthy fruit over our shoulders, of an expert foundation, an expert, um, like a, a good foundation that was built, like an expert builder. And then someone else is building on it. But each of you should be careful how he builds. For no one lay a foundation, any um, foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. And we know that even on, as leaders, when we got together on Thursday, we said, God, we just against, admit and declare that he's the head of this church, not us. He's the foundation. Everything we do is for him. Okay? There's no other foundation. We can't build on a, another good idea. It's on, on Jesus. He's the, he's the foundation. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, or um, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is. And, uh, and it's interesting, you know, like if you think about that list, um, some of us will, go, will build with stones, gold, precious stones, silver, or wood and hay and straw. And uh, I, I remember a story when I was in primary school with the Drifarkis. Anybody heard that? Uh, three little pigs, okay? And I just remember, wood or, or, or straw wasn't a good idea, okay? You had to build with rock. And uh, you remember that story, the wolf came and blew the house down? And uh, not Roy Cuppy, the other one, okay? And, uh, but you know, in the church, it's the same. Like, sometimes we, with good ideas, we build the straw. And we're putting something together on the right foundation sometimes. But we think, this is a great idea. But it, then it says, on the day, it will bring, uh, because the day will bring it to light. On that day, when everything is revealed, we'll see our hidden intentions, our hidden agendas, our good ideas, and it will be shown for what it is. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. That is a scary portion, okay? And that comes for each one of you here, that God says, you are part of the building squad, and your work will be tested with fire one day. And, and so imagine this on the last day when we die and you stand before the Lord. I don't know what it looks like. But fire comes and tests what it is that you've done. And whatever was built with straw and hay and wood, in a moment, your years, your, your life's work of good intentions, gone. That's rough, okay? If what he built survives, he'll receive his reward. And if it's burned up, he'll suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. 
And uh, that for me, I think, is probably one of the scariest portions. And imagine, okay, I'll, I'll get into heaven and, heaven, and for some it's like, ooh, that's the point. It's not the point, you know. The point of heaven is we're going to be there for eternity, and it says we're going to cast our crowns, our, our rewards, what we got, you know, for what are we doing. We get rewards, but what we're going to do is we're actually going to cast it before Him. And, and one of the scariest ideas for me is that I make heaven and I have no crowns to cast before the Lord. It just burned up. I'm there smelling like smoke. I just made it. But no crowns to give to the Lord. And this is not just for the elders or for Andrew or for whoever. It's for each one of us. Your work that you're going to do before the Lord is going to be tested with fire. And um, so where does the apostolic come in here? Okay. It's not all of us apostolic and not all of us are going to be judged under that. But we need it. We need it. You need to be sent and equipped to be the gift of the apostolic. And uh, um, we, we often read Acts 2.42 that says that they devoted themselves. You know, they devoted. We gave of ourselves. Not, we weren't forced. I, I don't, I'm not holding a gun to your head and sign up for 412, okay? Okay, it's not that. We devote ourselves. We give ourselves um, to the teaching but, or, or to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to fellowship, to prayer. But... Um, that right there is not a manual for us how to be a healthy church. It's fruit. It's fruit of a healthy church. That we realize that there's something in this that is essential for us as a church to do. Okay? To give ourselves to this. It's essential for us to pray together. I love this morning. I looked, I think half of the church was here early to pray together. It's a good sign. It's a good sign of health. If you, we're praying Sunday mornings, 8.30, we're praying together. It's good for us to pray together. Okay? And we devote ourselves to that. We devote ourselves to fellowship, to prayer. It's, a, it's important for us, but it's not, a, it's not a rule book for us how to be a healthy church. And the same with the apostolic. It's, a, it's fruit of us because we see without this thing, we will never be able to do what the Lord wants us to do. So I'm going to cut some of my notes out, out here. We're going to definitely discuss this in the week um, as well. But uh, Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 16, I'm not going to read the whole portion now, but that's where it says that he gave some gifts to equip the saints of work for the work of ministry so that the church can be built up. And I, I want to raise two or three points. Why it's crucial for us to give ourselves to this, you know. Um, even as we go um, into all the world now, there's a lot of threads here this morning that I'm trying to hold in tension here, okay, so stay with me. Um, us going actually as well, you know what I would love, what would be a highlight for me from this trip is, not just so that they can say, oh, it was so good to have you guys here. Thank you. Come again next year. It's great. Come and preach in our church. That's not the point, okay? Actually, what I want them to hear is like, you guys need to meet Andrew. And you, you actually need to meet some of the other guys with us. And you need to come to us and see what it can look like for a church to be on fire. That's, 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 that's the aim in my heart, you know, is that they can see that somehow God is still building healthy churches in earth. Come and see. Come and look what it looks like to build with precious stones. Um, but we need to be sent, you know. And so some of the, some of the I think, the, um, the benefits for us, you know, to devote ourselves to the apostolic teaching. And if you read me by now, it's like I'm encouraging us that all of us need to get to 412. All right. This message, or not, not what I'm preaching again, but some of this, this, this all about the apostolic is preaching throughout the whole of, it's being preached throughout the whole of Josh Jane this morning. We don't do it often, but it's like, it's a value that we're preaching this morning to all our congregations. And, um, and, but I want you to know why, né? 
And so the first one, it says that you'll be equipped for the work of ministry. And there's a big portion here that we as elders, we're trying to, we're encouraging you, we're leading you, we're walking with you. But there's something that can only happen when you sit under the grace of, of, a, of another gift that the Lord has given. And that doesn't come through us. And that you can be stirred and equipped for what you need to do that we can't do. And, and we need to believe it. How many of you have, have sat under, I'm going to use another gift now, but like a prophet, for example, that comes and ministers. And just as this person speaks and he tells you what you had for breakfast this morning, and it's just your life ladder to the tea, you, you sit there and you're like, oh my goodness. And the Lord has spoken to you and you walk away from this like, I need to do this in my life. I need to, whatever was spoken to you. Some of you felt that before? Okay. If you've sat under teaching before and someone preaching to you the word and you've read it a thousand times and some of this person's preaching out of this portion, you're like, oh, I've never read that in my entire life. Okay. It's a, it's a gift. It's not a person. Okay. It's a, sure, the person is the gift. Okay, but hear me. But it's a, it's a grace of God on someone. It's not just someone's good skill set. And, uh, and the same with the apostolic, that there's only something that the grace, that's an, uh, uh, the apostolic grace can do that no other gift can do. And that's a portion that can only equip you that no other man can do. And we need to devote ourselves to that, you know. Equip you. Um, let me scan you. Knowledge of the Son of God. That's, that's one of the things that it says we'll do. And, and it's not just understanding, you know, but who of you would love to grow more in a love and an understanding and a wonder of God? I often, I often sit and I read scripture. I, I do. I read my Bible, okay? But sometimes, like, um, I had a time on Friday morning where I read. And I, I read a lot, okay? I was in Lamentations, Ecclesiastes, Colossians, Romans. Like, I was searching. And I, I sat there. It's like, I, 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 felt, I think I felt something. But it's not like my, my brain was exploding, okay? And it's like, I need, some, I, I need someone, in a sense, to come and explain to me. Like, help me understand how, and I need to sit with someone. Like, like I want to grow in the wonder. And, I, and I, that same day, I've listened to a teaching uh, of the recent conference in the Isle of Man. And I was, as I was listening to Brad speak, I tell you, it felt like my heart exploded to the wonder of God. Just someone teaching, and it's like the knowledge of the Son of God. Poof. Okay. I can't do it on my own. Can't do it on my own. Maturity. Okay. I think the worst thing for the church that Paul said earlier, I'm going I'm to land soon, okay? But one of the worst things that, the, that Paul said to your church in Corinthians, there, Corinthians 3, he said, by now I should have been able to feed you steak, but I'm still coming to you with milk because you haven't grown. And uh, we're seeing it now with Lisa, like she's at that phase now where she starts chowing stuff, okay? And she's just going for whatever comes past. But I know if I dare to feed her meat, even a little bit, we're not going to sleep. Her stomach is going to be upset for days because she can't handle it. This little, okay, here's a squished avo for you, lick it off my finger. Here's a little bit of butternut, lick it off my finger. And uh, then we had bad nappy days for three days, okay, already. And, uh, but she, she can only take milk to a degree now. But in 20 years' time, if I still have to feed a bottle, there's an issue. Okay? There's, a, there's a problem there. And, uh, and, and Paul says to them, you know, for some churches, for some individuals, guys, it is like that. By now, I should have come to you and you should have been eating steak. You should have been able to understand these things. Yet you are still drinking your bottle. He says something's wrong here. And, uh, and, and there's a grace on the apostolic to come and to teach. And the fruit of that is that maturity comes. And, and, and some of you here, and I say this very humbly, okay, but some of you are still drinking milk after years of being saved. And, um, 
and, and we're walking with you and we're trying to help you. But actually what you need is you need to sit under apostolic teaching, devote yourself to it so that maturity can come and that you can grow and you can eat steak. That's a good word. Okay, that's a good word. You guys, steak is good. For the vegans, steak is good, okay? It's in the Bible. <laughs> now I just created a whole bunch of enemies there, okay? Okay. It goes on to say that, and this is out of Ephesians 4, if you're wondering where I'm getting this from, okay? But it says that you should grow up to the, um, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Do you know that you and us, you as an individual and us together, should look like Jesus in everything you do, in the way you speak, talk, walk, when you're at work, when I don't see you, when you're here with us, when you're at the conference, when I'm in Russia, you should look like the image of God. And, um, and again, you can't do it on your own. And we, as a church, even though we're doing well, we don't know the full picture of it. We don't have the full grace for it yet. It's we need the apostolic to come into us and say, you guys are doing well in this, but you need this so that you can reflect Christ better. I'm running through this, but I just want to highlight some of it for you. It says, it says that you're no longer tossed to and fro by every wave that comes. And sometimes, you know, in the church, one of the biggest things is people are just, uh, I've heard this so often, one week, this is the best thing ever. I want to devote my life to this thing. I'm giving myself. The next week it's raining and the person can't get out of the bed to come to church. Really? Okay? Or, or you hear another doctrine that's like, oh, maybe we, who decided we need to come to front for church and your head starts going and, like, and you go and find it on the internet. Who decided you need to go to the front of church and you find what you want to hear? It's like, it's actually wrong, guys. And you make up your own doctrine there. You can find there, out there whatever you want to, okay? I'm using a silly example. It's coming to the front now. And, um, and actually it's like, oh, I can't be part of this anymore. Yeah? And, and I see people in the church today getting so tossed to and throw because it's a, I think we're in such danger today. You can type in literally anything in Google today. You can search, Jesus was an alien, and you'll find a guy who has a theology on that, and you can believe it. It's out there. Okay? And um, actually what the, you know, what the apostolic needs and what Andrew is so good with okay, is he comes and says, this thing is being preached in the world today, and the churches are believing it. Watch out. Here's what the Bible says. And we need truth. And, and there's a measure that some of us as elders, we walk with you and we preach that. But we don't have the, the gift for that, you know. Apostolic comes in and it says it, it, it helps the church. It secures the church. It keeps us to, be, um, to not be tossed to and fro by every wind of, wave of, doc, uh, um, uh, by every wind of doctrine. And we need that. I want to say, guys, in your age, young and old here, with whatever is available for us today that the enemy is coming up with us at false doctrine, is we need to sit under apostolic teaching and to hear this. It's not Andrew's idea that he's preaching. It's this. One thing I appreciate about Andrew, if you haven't heard him preach, is like someone has a gift to, he just reads scripture and he tells you what he does. He reads scripture and you're like, oh my goodness, it's there. How have I never seen that? And I, I, it's like, I need to learn that to read. And the, this is basically what's happening here this morning. This is in the Word. This is what the Word says. This is what it means for us, you know. We need more of that. Okay. Not be carried away by any wind of doctrine. That's what I said now. And then the last point is to grow into Him who is the head. It's like as a, as a body, you know, we said as a, for the leaders and sisters that Christ is the head of His church. But we need to grow in this body with Him and belong to His headship. Be part of his body, not our own little toe somewhere that's dying on our own. We need to belong to the head and be part of his body. Um, and um, 
the apostolic there. It's not the Andrew. If you know Andrew, and he lives here, many of you would have seen him before. We know him, okay? He's not someone who's drawing attention to himself and saying, okay, guys, come on, pay up. I've been laboring here, whatever. It's, I think it's one of the most humble men that I've met in my life. Really mean that. Eh? Yeah, yeah, prayer, yeah, thanks. So other apostolic guys in the team with Andrew, Brad, Jono, you and all the guys from Isle of Man, from Aussie. You guys remember Marty that was with us earlier? A lot of guys. Thanks, Andrew. Ugh, thanks, Ive. <laughs> it's not just Andrew. But, but we know these guys, and we know their lives. And um, they, they're building us into the head that is Christ, not themselves. And building away from themselves, but into Jesus. And we need that as a church. And so I'm, I'm going to land there because we, we're out of time. Thanks. You guys have done well this morning again, okay? But I, I want to encourage us with this, that once, and there's now three years, this conference come past, and we say, hey, guys, we need to be at 412. It's good for us. Devote us to apostolic, apostolic teaching. We can hear it, and it's in, out, in, out, and like good for those who go, unlucky for those who can't. And, um, but I, and, and, and I, I had to wrestle with the Lord with this thing in this week, going to Russia. I had to ask this question, why? Okay, and, and the one why was, yes, that Jesus is worthy. He died for this, guys. We need to get there to strengthen the church. But the second part is that I am convinced that they need to be part of a healthy church. And uh, Russia's biggest struggle is independency. One guy leading a church, 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 and no health. And it's like, I'm convinced through what I see in the Word that each church belonged to the apostolic field. They devoted themselves to it. They needed it. They had to be strengthened and be fed well, not just by a sole individual that was there, but by a field of churches that belonged to the Lord. I'm convinced of it. And, and, I, and I, I caught myself, and I said to Mariska, I've been here for so long, and it's who we are, it's what we do, it's kind of just like in, out, in, out. And this week, I had to sit with the Lord and wrestle. And I really, I, and this is how much I wrestled with it, I dreamt it in the week, that in my dream, I stood, I stood in, in the church, and I said, I'm convinced that this is the Lord's idea. And I, I really do. I really believe it that much that I even dreamt it, okay? I was like, I, I believe with my whole heart that this is the model that God has set out for us, that he's gave, He gave apostles to the church, and we need to devote ourselves to the teaching of it, so that we can grow to maturity. Yes, I'm fumbling over my words here. Maturity. I believe it with my whole heart. And for each of you here this morning, there's a measure that you catch from us as a church because we belong to it, and I devote myself to it, and we move. But for you to grow from milk to steak, from immaturity to maturity, from shining a little light to actually shining the fullness of Christ, you need to devote yourselves to it. And you need to sit and allow the Lord to work your heart like you've never been worked before. And I'm even thinking what happened here this morning is we, we didn't touch heaven, okay? We were close, but we, we weren't right there. There's like an opening of our hearts, our opening up our eyes, but we haven't seen the fullness of, of it yet, Okay. And I, I actually feel like sometimes, maybe even as Andrew's going to preach, and he's going to preach about the church, or whoever's going to preach, one of the apostolic guys, that God is going to wreck your hearts. He's going to break it. And uh, put it before the Lord that He can break it. And what it looks like is for you to buy a ticket and be there. Don't think, oh, I'll listen to it afterwards and I'll try and catch it. It just doesn't work like that. Buy that. Put in leave. I even said to the guys, if you have to take unpaid leave, I know that's a uh, thinking, I know you to ask like that, okay? I know that. But I'm willing to put in money and buy tickets for, for some if you can't be there. I'm willing to put my money where my heart is or my mouth is, okay? And uh, get there and trust that the Lord will open our hearts like never before.
So I want to urge you, we're doing well. I don't know how many people we are here this morning, but there's 109 signed up of us already. It's a good figure, okay? Well done if you've signed up. For the rest, I would love to see all of us there. We'll be on the front left. <laughs> I don't know. And we've been together. And can you imagine when we come back, broken before the Lord, hearts opened, freshly envisioned about the purpose of the church? Where's the end of what the Lord can do with us? Where will we go? What will, who will he use here? The ones like me, emotionally unstable at school, hiding, insecure, not wanting to say until the Lord wrecked me. Okay? He wants to do it for each one of you here. And that he wants to use you and grow you. Okay, let me pray for you and then I'm going to hand back, hand back to Grant. God, um, I do believe this, that I'm convinced that this is your idea. It's not our idea. It's not a new revelation. This is actually what we see in here. It's how it worked. The birth of the church and that people were sent into all the world. And uh, I pray, God, would you do it for us? And uh, I pray for each one here, even trying to wrestle this thing out. Should I be there? Should I not be there? I pray, God, even would you be kind to them and, and uh, really um, break their hearts and, and convince them that this is your way, your model to do it. And, and that we need to be there to devote ourselves to apostolic teaching, not just for this conference, but beyond. And, um, and I pray for, for some of us here this morning, I think there was a step forward for many, that you're moving us towards that the church is not just made to be here and a happy place, but that you're moving us out, outside of our walls, outside of our country, outside of our happy space. And, um, and, but we need you, in a sense, Lord, to, to really open the wonder of the church to us, that what we preach is Christ and not our own ideas, and that it's Christ's ideas that we go with. And, um, and so I pray, God, for really, I want to ask you that this whole congregation could attend the conference, and we can sit, devote ourselves to this thing. And man, Lord, that we can look back and just say, look at what you're doing in us. And that we can feed stake to this congregation. And, uh, and that each one of us can reflect the wonder of Christ to this world. And it's my prayer, God. I thank you for what you're doing in us, God. I thank you for Ivan and Nathan going with Boren to the States. Pray that you bless them, Lord. Um, give them the words to, so that the church in California can wake up to the wonder and the beauty of healthy church. We bless them, God. We love you, Lord. Amen.